Jim joins us from Fort Myers, Florida, where he's curving the Twins. Morning, Jim. Good morning, Jay. I'm actually over in Miami, just uh, taking a weekend off with my wife, so I'm not actually in Fort Myers, but still in Florida. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, well, glad you have an opportunity to go and do that. Um, are you going to get a chance to see the Twins play tomorrow or over the weekend? No, I, I, I my stint in Fort Myers is over. Uh, okay. You know, just kind of tacking on a little vacation time here, and I'm coming back to the Twin Cities on Monday. Gotcha. All right. So, what did you learn from uh, being down in Fort Myers, carving the Twins over the last week here? You know, it's. It, I almost feel guilty. Uh, I really only have positives, um, and that's unrealistic, right? People are going to get hurt. People are going to fail. Somebody's not going to have a good year. That's the way baseball works. But uh, I really, you know, seeing Correa uh, interact with people in the clubhouse, I think bringing him back at whatever price is the right. He's got he's to keep performing, of course, but his professionalism, his leadership, he really reminds me of a, a pocket or a Tory Hunter leadership type figure. He just, he kind of brings everybody in. Uh, got a great vibe from him. Uh, the pitching staff, I think, is as good going the season as I've ever seen with the Twins in terms of quality and depth. Uh, they need certain people to stay healthy. They need certain people to handle their roles. But, you know, they, they, this, this regime has had a lot of trouble with closers and, now they have Duran as the closer. He's going to go out and blow people away, and then they have a bunch of depth behind him. Uh, I think you can feel good about that. Five starters who all could be very good. I'm sure they all, won't all stay healthy. I'm sure they won't all perform perfectly, but they have a chance at least. There's some pitching depth behind them. Uh, you know, I think the fielding uh, is going to be very good, uh, maybe excellent. So really the, the biggest questions with this team uh, are just who's going to produce runs in the middle of the lineup. You know, is, is Polanco going to get it back to being an all-star, be a, an ideal number three hitter, or is he going to continue to deal with leg issues? Uh, is Miranda, Kepler, Kirilov, is one of those guys going to step forward and be a good cleanup or five hitter? You know, you, you, you just don't see many good teams who don't have that guy you can rely on in the middle to produce runs. And I think that's the biggest question facing this team at the moment. Jim, did the uh, twins at all talk about uh, the rule changes, uh, the, yeah. the no shifting, the the stolen base possibility because of, uh, and then the the pitch clock as well. Yes, uh, and there's a lot there. So let's start with uh, the fact Rocco wants to be much more aggressive. 2019, they decided before the, that's that winter that hey, this is going to be a the ball's going to fly this year, uh, and let's forget about you know let's let's concentrate on building a powerhouse lineup. They did. They set a home run for record for home runs worked really well. I think this year their intent is to be much more aggressive on the bases. Some for some players that'll mean stealing uh, others. It'll mean being better at taking the extra base extra, and, and avoiding outs on the bases. Uh, I think they want to be a much more alert, aggressive team. Um, I think they want to count on, you know, speed uh, both in the field and on the bases to help them out. Um, and the, the base changes and, and all those rules uh, can help a lot. The pitch clock, um, listen, there will be pitchers who don't like it, but in general, most of the people in this camp, Correa, Falvey, Baldelli, some veteran players, they don't want to play three-and-a-half-hour games. It's not good for anybody. It's not good for fans. It's not good for players. It's not good for pace. It's not, you know, and it, it, baseball for a long time taught players to not be in any kind of a rush. Uh, to see a pitcher catch the ball and then throw it, that's going to be a, a revelation. You might see some two-hour, 50-minute games and two-and-a-half-hour games. You can go to a 7 o'clock game and get home by 10.30. You know, it's, 
uh, I think that's going to be great for the game. Uh, the shift is probably going to make this look – I think it's going to be a real benefit to people like Max Kepler, uh, both statistically and emotionally. It's really hard to square up a fastball and, and hit it where it should be a hit and have a guy just make it look like an easy play. Uh, so that should probably increase offense a bit and also encourage players to try to put the ball in play instead of just swing for the fences. Um, so there, it's, the game's going to look different. I think it's going to look better. Jim, are the, uh, are there certain parameters where players can stand? Say if you're a second baseman that you've got this window where you can stand. Same with the other positions in the uh, infield and outfield. Uh, basically the rule is you have to have two players on each side of second base in the dirt. So you can stand them right one in front of the other. You can go I formation if you want. You can have both stand behind third base if you want, but they have to be, you know, between second base and their side, on their side of the infield in the dirt. Uh, so just, you know, keep you from playing out in short right field, keep you from taking the third base and put them in the left field. Uh, and again, I, I think that's going to work pretty well. So if you wanted to put the second baseman almost behind second base, but on the right side of it, you still could. Oh yeah. And do you think that there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to do stuff like that? Well, yeah. I mean, people are still going to – I mean, baseball players have always played to tendencies. Cal Ripken made a career, out of, and Roy Smalley too, out of uh, playing where they thought – you know, reading where the situation, the pitch selection, uh, the hitter, where the ball was going to be hit. Uh, it's just that you're not going to be able to play a different position. You can play within parameters of your position. You can play all over the place, in, out, left, right, but you just can't cross that line. Jim, do you think uh, Byron Buxton will uh, steal more bases this year? Or are they going to take a, you know, a, a cautious approach when it comes to him? No, I don't think they want him stealing. And maybe in a big situation, you know, ninth inning of a close game, maybe they'll cut him loose. In general, they, they're going to prioritize with him. They're going to prioritize health and being cautious over everything else. They, he's their best hitter. He's the best power hitter. He's the, uh, you know, he's their best fielder. He's their best player. Uh, and, you know, they just don't want that extra strain on him. Jim, switching attention to the Minnesota Wild, they win last night two to nothing. Uh, they beat Columbus. Columbus not not a good team, but anyway, they still a win is a win. And uh, Mark Andre Fleury uh, got the shutout in net for the Wild last night. He had not been playing lately, but certainly that was a good outing for him. Yeah, and he talked about being too much in his head recently, and that was a good turnaround for him. Again, bad team, but at least they played the right way. They played well defensively. Uh, you know, they get two five-on-five goals, which is a good sign. Uh, their penalty kill has been really good lately. So, yeah, you know, don't read too much into it. Playing against a bad team, but at least they, they took care of business. Now, now they have to play a rested Toronto team, so this will be much more of a challenge. You know, one of the things that uh, we, we see – Certainly, if you follow the Wild, is that Kirill Kaprizov's involved in so many of the goals that are scored, scored again for him last night. Um, is he, in your mind, a top ten player in the NHL right now? I think so. Um, yeah, I just, I just think he's a true All Star. He's a true uh, great player. He's been doing it long enough that uh, there's just nothing flukish about it. He's done it in all kinds of different situations. He's made all kinds of different teammates better around him, and. He just, as you said, when the Wild scores, usually he's involved in some way. Uh, he is a dominant figure in uh, for this team and in this league. Jim, the Vikings are going to be faced with some tough decisions here in the offseason in regards to roster and veteran players. Uh, do you know what direction they might be leaning with some of these veteran guys? No. Um, 
I know that I think there are just so many moving parts here to pretend I know would be uh, misleading. Uh, you know, they could restructure Cousins' contract and, and get cap relief that way. Uh, they're going to sign Justin Jefferson to a long-term deal. What that's going to look like, we don't know yet. They can certainly play a lot of games of signing bonuses to help them in cap space in that way. Uh, Dalvin Cook, I would guess that they're going to either cut him, trade him, or get him to restructure his contract. I think Thielen will restructure his contract. I think Harrison Smith will probably restructure his contract. Uh, what we don't know, and we don't know, we don't know a lot here. One of the things we don't know is what Brian Flores thinks of Harrison Smith, Eric Kendricks, Patrick Peterson, uh, Zedarius Smith, you know, uh, what happens with all those players. Zedarius Smith was very important for this team, but he also, uh, was banged up and fell off at the end of the year. Do they think they can get more out of him? There's, there's so many interlocking questions here. I think we're going to have to just wait and see what they decide. Are there some veterans on this team that they, they just don't want back, or do we just not know that yet? I don't, I don't think there are any good veterans that it's absolutely clear about. I'm sure they don't, I'm sure they don't want to pay their running back as much as they're paying Cook. How do they resolve that? I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure Thielen's going to restructure in a way that gives them cap relief. Uh, that is probably the most certain thing here. The defensive players, again, we don't know what Brian Flores thinks of these guys, and he's going to have a large voice in who stays and who goes. Uh, so I, it, it's going to be really interesting. And we also don't know if Cousins is willing to do the kind of restructure that would help the team or not. Uh, Jim, between Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison, is there a good chance that one of them will be here next year? Once again, I have to say I don't know. Um, I The easy thing to do would be, you know, Cut Cook or trade Cook, um, give Madison the lead job with Wang Wu and uh, Chandler behind him. Madison though hasn't had a good statistical season here in like three years, so he's a he's a very strong runner. He's good in short yardage. Uh, he has generally in the past uh, done well when filling in for Cook. But once again, you can get a running back anywhere, you know, and 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 everybody likes Madison and he plays really hard. Uh, is a very popular teammate, but you can get a running back pretty much anywhere. So I don't think they want to pay Madison a lot of money. So uh, Bobby Wagner and the Rams have parted ways uh, after he led the team in tackles, had six sacks last year. Is Bobby Wagner still a good player? I think he's still a good player. He's a very smart player. Um, but, you know, boy, once older players start falling off, I, I mean – Every player is different. Obviously, Patrick Peterson has done a lot for the Vikings at a, an advanced age. Uh, I think linebacker is not a spot you spend a lot of money on somebody. So if Wagner's out there looking for a, a, a lucrative deal, I doubt if the Vikings are in line for that. If they, if, if he's a guy they think fits in their defense and is willing to play for not much, maybe it works. But I don't think you prioritize spending on linebackers right now. Jim, the uh, Timberwolves got Charlotte at home tonight. First game back from the uh, All-Star break. Sounds like Towns is getting closer. Um, should he be in the lineup here soon? I think so. Um, it's been kind of a mystery. I don't know why the Wolves uh, aren't more forthcoming with this stuff. Towns obviously was a little miffed by some of the uh, report national reports he was seeing and put something on Instagram a couple weeks back about how it was a grade three strain, um, which explains him being out three months. Uh, you know, I kept on hearing late February, early March, but that, I'm not hearing that from official people. The Timberwolves are not talking about this at all. So, I mean, we'll see him when we see him. Is that just a philosophy of the current management that they're just not talking about Towns' injury? The Wolves have always been very 
bad about this kind of information. Uh, I think they think they're being deferential to the player and the agent, but sometimes being sometimes sometimes not saying anything just leads to wild speculation and bad reporting. Um, and I think Towns has felt bit by that. Uh, they'd be much better off coming out every once in a while and saying, "Okay, here's our Towns update." We're, we don't have an update. He's he's not close. He's working very hard. Uh, we're not going to put a date on it because we don't want anybody to, to be disappointed if he can't be back by that date. Uh, he's going to be back. We just can't give you a firm date. They just don't even say that much. All right, Jim, what do you got in your podcast? A uh, lot of shows up right now. Preps David John Malay, Good Chin Music for Fort Myers, Roy and Lavelle. The Cheryl Reeve Show is out. Uh, Viking Update Show and Jeff Diamond's show, both talking about Vikings' potential moves and and. The Legacy of Red McCombs. We tell some good Red McCombs stories in there. Everything's at TalkNorth.com or on your favorite podcast app. All right, Jim. Enjoy your uh, weekend. We'll talk to you again on Monday. Great. Thanks, Jim. That's Jim Suhan, Star Tribune Sports Columnist, joining us every weekday morning at this time. Follow him on Twitter at Suhan Strib. Check out his latest column in the Star Tribune or his podcast at TalkNorth.com. Uh, Jim, today is brought to you by St. Cloud's General Rental Center. And Jim is uh, in Miami, Florida, uh, where he's covering the Twins, or had been this week, down in Fort Myers. So coming up next here on WJON, we've got World of National News from ABC, followed by local news. You're listening.